This morning, um, Mother's Day, are, are a new series that we'll be looking at um, and going through the book of James for the next um, few Sundays, right up until um, school holidays, which every teacher in the room will know how many hours away that is um, from this point in time. Um, so it's something that we're really going to be looking forward to. I'm going to kind of read through a little bit of, of James chapter 1. So we've got lots of exciting, great people. Um, none the least, Ben Housen, who will be doing next week um, for us. So that'll be very exciting. We've got some really great people being part of the series. So really looking forward to it. So if you've got your Bible there, I'm just going to read through. These are We've divided James up into some really big chunks and and to whatever degree they'll go through that we'll, we'll kind of sort of lean in on it. There's one thing that I want to really pull out um, this morning, but, but I'd just like to read through um, James chapter 1, or part of chapter 1. This letter is from James, a slave of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. I am writing this to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered, scattered around the world. Greetings. Dear brothers and sisters, When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. That alone would be a a great sermon series, sort of like, what? Um, But we'll carry on. For you know, he's assuming, that when your faith is tested, your endurance has an opportunity to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be a perfect you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. James has got some great sort of do you pick up the sarcasm a little bit? You know, like sort of like um, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalties is as unsettled as the waves of the sea that are blown and tossed by the wind. Such a person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything that they do. Believers who are poor have something to boast about, for God has honored them. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them, for they will, for they will fade away like the little flowers of the field. The hot sun rises and the grass withers. The little flower droops and falls. And its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those whom love him. And remember... When you are being tempted, do not say that God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he will never tempt anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, 
which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So do not be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good, whatever is perfect, is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights of the heavens. He never changes. He never casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all of his creation, being, being his prized possessions. So heaps in that. I'd love for us to, to go away in this series and if something I'm sure has jumped out at you in the scripture, I'd love for that to be something that you would take with you in, in your own quiet times, in your own times with God, and meditate on it. Know, know that my prayer was in reading this whole section that the Holy Spirit would pinpoint um, maybe something from that for you to take away with and to engage with as the week goes on. But recently, and knowing I was reading, um, knowing I was going to be doing Mother's Day, I read this article. An article popped out at me on my, um, on my news feed um, with this headline, Mother's Day Goes Beyond Biology. And I was, I was kind of like, oh, that sounds really interesting. I'd like to see what that is. Might give me some sermon fodder. And I kind of went through, and I was looking at the, um, it's the life of a pastor, everything is sermon fodder. How could this opportunity, you know, it's just what we do. Um, but I was sort of reading through this article a bit, and it talked about how it was a worldwide survey of about 11,000 people, um, 90% of which those polled were planning on celebrating Mother's Day. Um, and then it kind of went into this kind of breakdown of um, demographics of how, how different millennials... I was, I was slightly traumatized that my age group was considered aged millennial. I felt, I felt that, didn't, that didn't feel right. Um, but how, how each group, Gen Z, all these sort of groups were, were planning on celebrating and how the vast majority of people polled were going to be celebrating um, Mother's Day beyond their biological mother, those um, sisters, stepmothers, cousins, aunties, godmothers, um, grandmothers, teachers. And, and kind of the article at this point, I was kind of thinking, what? That's kind of the point of it, it seemed a little bit... And then, and then the next quote was quoting a senior vice president of marketing to a major jewelry manufacturer. And then the penny dropped. Oh, this isn't like a real article. It's a sponsored article in that all of us are not only to buy our mother's expensive jewelry for Mother's Day, we're to buy every woman we've ever been in contact with. Um, and it was sort of like all of a sudden, you know, the why... It just made sense of everything else. Like, okay, well, it probably pay does me well not to build a deep theology of understanding and human based on this article. Do you know what I mean? The why is so important. And so as we go to Scripture, as we come to James, the why is powerfully important. This book of James, and we call it James just in the translation, but um, his name actually wasn't James, was written by Jesus' half-brother, so the, the son of Mary and Joseph. Um, so 
and, and also um, the James who led the early church. So from the time of in Jerusalem, which is really important. Um, so from the time, the church that was established from the time of Jesus' um, death and resurrection. In a couple of weeks, we're going to celebrate um, Pentecost. You know, that time when, when the, gather, the believers were gathered in that little room and, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came and, and tongues of fire rest on their heads. It's considered the birth, the birthday of the church. Um, and so James would have been there. James was the one who carried on leading the church for over 20 years after Jesus', after Jesus death and, and resurrection. And I kind of was thinking about what, you know, so, so here is the, the half-brother of Jesus. He spent his entire life um, growing up with Jesus, but leading the church in the very place that killed Jesus. Like living in the same neighborhood with the same powerful people who killed Jesus and living out the words and continuing the words and the works of Jesus in that environment. Angela, are you listening to me or are you absolutely? Angela's back there um, making goo goo faces at my beautiful granddaughter. Uh, I, I don't stand a chance when she's in the room. But what, what of the why? The book of James is filled with wisdom. I wanted to read the scripture out because whatever it is that jumped out at you, and I say that with faith that it did, is, is the wisdom of Jesus. There is nothing new. There are no, no great new theological grounds that, are, are, that come out through the book of James. But rather, and probably more importantly, there are the old truths that never change that, that James is pulling out, is wanting to remind us 2,000, unimaginably 2,000 years later when he penned them, to encourage us, to remind us. So what was James's is his why of writing this. And I believe it's this where I think it fits so well um, with, with this being Mother's Day, is James's why is the flourishing of all those who follow Jesus. His why is that we, 2,000 years later, would, would ha- grab hold of and take all that Jesus has in store for us, all of it, no matter what our life situations and circumstances are, I quote that beginning of James probably more than any other, when you encounter the troubles of this world, I find it incredibly encouraging in a really odd sort of way. But the wisdom of James, the the hope of the flourishing of all of us is not to be overcome when, when life gets hard. Isn't that the heart of motherhood? Mothers, what do you wish for your children? Call out right now. Happiness. Discipline. Following Jesus. Strength. Great friendships. 
Isn't it flourishing? No one, no one said like obscene wealth. Oh, that too. Yeah. That's at the time when they pick your rest home. That's what you want. Yeah, yeah. Um, but don't we, as, as you know, Scripture would say, as, as kind of earthly parents, as we, we desire our flourishing for our children. We desire the best for them. We want, we want a life well lived. Don't we want to see our children in, in roles or jobs or careers that give them life, not just make them lots of money? That's in many ways that that's, it echoes the why of James is desiring that all those followers of Jesus that he knows in his community, in his world, but all those that he doesn't know. The, the history of the church at that point was the disciples had scattered and there were reports back, and James himself hadn't gone to see them, hadn't been to many of the places, but he knew they were there, and he knew they, like him, um, were going through really difficult times. The church in Jerusalem at the time had gone through severe famine, incredible poverty. And the wisdom and the hope of James, which he's echoed from his stepbrother Jesus, or his half-brother Jesus, echoes from the scriptures of Proverbs, is, is the wisdom that we need to carry on, to continue. As Braun said so beautifully, one foot in front of the other, to persevere, to keep going, to not give up. The book of James, we'll see, as we've already may have heard, is, is a book that is incredibly challenging. Some of the most, some of the most sort of like punchy one-liners in all of Scripture we're going to hear in this series, and they're designed to do that. I think James is, has seen too much to fluff around with things. Do you know, like too much is at stake just to to not name it as it is. But we have to remember when, when we're provoked and when, when something that James writes to us 2,000 years later gets to the very heart of us, and, and sometimes we can respond well, but oftentimes we respond not so well, is remember the why of James is your flourishing. Just like as we, as we follow, or we, as we think about our own mums, they, they haven't always said what we wanted to hear. They haven't always done what we wanted them to do. But in so many times, it is our flourishing that's at stake. And sometimes that's easy to see, but many times it's much more difficult. So I've got five minutes left. And in that time, what I'd like to do is pray, and then I'd like to pull out one thing of the scripture that I feel like might be for us this morning. So, Father, I thank you for your, for your faithful presence. I thank you for the why that we see in, in the book of James, but I guess it's the why that stretches from Genesis to Revelation, which is that you are a God who loves us and wants the best for us. 
that in a world of brokenness and pain and hardship, there is a thread that we can hold on to of your love, of your faithfulness, of your goodness, of your compassion, of your healing, of your forgiveness. That your love truly does chase us down. That your mercies for us are new every morning. That your faithfulness to us is new every single day. God, our prayer is that you would speak to us through your scripture. Holy Spirit, that you would bring to life the wisdom that we need. Even if it's not the wisdom we want. So in the two minutes we have left, I want to read one bit. And as I was sort of preparing this morning... um, I was I was kind of mid sermon prep when that when that um, incredible downpour we had happened and I looked out my office window and my downspouts our house only has actually two which is a really bad design but the one that one of the two that we had um, I guess the drains on the street were so overwhelmed that there was a geyser of water blowing up out of of the um, of our downspout right below my office window. And because of a garden, there was water starting to back up all along the house. And I just thought, oh, no. You know, like, oh, it can be horrible if there's water inside. So I quickly raced outside, and I was sort of shoveling away through the garden to create it to, dra- to drain away. Um, and then I was just struck with, with kind of the... Um, I thought, God... When are you going to give me a break? When are you going to give us a break? This is terrible. Why do you keep doing this? Um, And then the words of James sort of just popped into my head. And I feel like this is maybe for more than me this morning. But in the difficulties of life and the situations and circumstances, whether it's the weather or our health issues or our relationships, it can, I can find it very easy to pull back the root of the hardships and think that they have their source in God. And I was kind of out in the rain, fully wet, but it wasn't super cold. And I just felt like God whispered to me that, that he's not the source of my pain. I feel like that whisper is for some of us this morning. He's not the source of your hardship. God never has been tempted, and he never tempts anyone else. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down from God, who is our Father, 
who has created all the lights of heaven. And he never changes. He never casts a shifting shadow. He's not playing games with us. He's not like a you know, like the cat toys where you swing it and, they, and you pull it back. That's not who God is. He's not playing games with you. But on this Mother's Day, let us pull on the, I guess, kind of maybe examine the roots of our thinking and know that God is actually has chosen to give birth to us by giving us his true word. By giving us Jesus. And we, out of all of creation, out of all of the beauty that we see in this world, out of all of the incredible um, creation of all of the universe, we are his prize possessions. You are his prized possession. A couple people have that. Let that. It's a really challenging book. Let's be challenged by that this morning. Think of all you've done. Think of all you've said. Think of all of the things that you're embarrassed about that you feel guilty about, that you wish you could undo, that you know you'll do tomorrow. He chose to give birth to you by giving you his truth, his true word, Jesus. And you, out of all of creation, are his prized possession. Why don't we stand? Worship team, why don't you come on up? And what I'd like to do is... um, Why don't, we, why don't we just sing something you've got ready to go? Is that all right? And when we do, as we sing, you're welcome to sing along. That'd be great. But what I, what I think we'd love to, what I'd love for us to do is in this, as they sing, you're welcome to sing along with it. But, but actually, if there's something this morning that, that has really just felt like someone speaking the words that flow around in your head or a word of the song or even the, the scripture that we read out in James, is give that back to God. If, if in the morning, this morning's the time together, you feel like, you kind of, in tugging back, I always love plant analogies, but it's kind of like you go to pull 
on a, on a weed or something and, and the root runs somewhere where you weren't expecting. Um, I really believe that that's God this morning and in His faithfulness and kindness to remind you of who He is, of what He really is like, and that He loves you too much to let that root that it's going in the wrong direction continue. It's His love and faithfulness that reminds us. So Father, I thank You for Your faithfulness to us. I thank You for the wisdom that is that we've read this morning in James. God, I pray that it would not be wisdom that we speak from our mouth and we hear in our ears, but it would be wisdom that goes deep into our hearts. It would be wisdom that changes the way we see you. It would be wisdom that changes the way we speak, the way we, we live, the actions of our hands. That we would flourish because of the wisdom we've heard this morning. And in our flourishing, others would flourish.